29 teams have been qualified for the 2022 FIFA World Cup, including Canada, which have been missing from the tournament in the past 36 years. Meanwhile, Italy, which won the World Cup title four times, including the latest time in 2006, missed the event for the second straight edition. In less than three months, the rest three teams attending Qatar 2022 will be confirmed as well. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh and Simpson here. 29 teams qualified for the World Cup. Which of them surprised you the most for being able to participate in the tournament? I can attend.、Mm, that, that, it's an interesting question because,、um, basically, simply by virtue of the hosts Qatar、mm-hmm. already guaranteeing their spot. Actually, it's the first、it's, time. Yeah, exactly. So this is going to be a pretty exciting. Tournament in terms of like people who are either making their debuts, making a big long return. In the case of Italy, which we'll get to being absent,、yeah. like this is already shaping up to be, even by virtue of its time in the season, one of the most interesting World Cups we've ever had. Yeah, I guess、uh, if we're talking about actual teams、uh, out of the next three that will be、mm-hmm. decided, I mean, there's a few,、uh, I guess, that are expected to to pass. Maybe a few others. I think Scotland has been、mm-hmm. doing surprisingly well. Yeah,、uh, I know we're probably going to be talking about、uh, Canada a lot, quite a lot, but.、Uh, Wales could do even better than、mm. Canada and appear at the World Cup for the first time in、yeah. what's the math? Nineteen fifty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I believe fifty, sixty years. Yeah, I should say those two teams. Basically, I've heard that both are kind of mad at each other because if whichever one qualifies, if they both go through, suddenly the we the first team who haven't been in it for like sixty years goes away because now there's two. Yeah. So, but but yeah, I th- you mentioned like Wales versus Scotland. It's a real shame they both can't get in, but at the same time. I'm really interested in seeing how Wales do because、mm. um, when we were talking when we do our podcast for the Euros, I felt like they end on a real bitter note. Like the last game, you had Gareth Bale getting a yellow card for like sarcastically、mm. clapping the referee. In the space of a one game, they've gone from being like underdog heroes to being like a bit bratty, a bit egotistical, you know,、mm. like for, considering the size of the team, things like that. So then you have this this game that took place the other day against Austria, and. It was in the Cardiff Stadium. Great fans. Gareth Bale's performance was absolutely sensational, considering he's played, I believe, seventy minutes of competitive football all year. So it's one of those things where it looks to me like this is gearing up to be for Wales, at least, if not a swan song, because we don't know about the next generation.、Mm-hmm. At least a really good comeback, based on how badly they ended things in the Euros.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. For Gareth Bale and Wales, they're more like. A team led by one of the top fifteen players in the world, and then joined by many players who are from the second layer league. Robert Lewandowski and Poland are in the same category. So, how far do you think teams like this can go, relying on one and only superstar of the franchise? I mean, I guess that's why we watch the World Cup and、mm. the Euros or the the different leagues, right? Because we have the Champions League, we have the different、yeah. leagues that have the best players in the world, especially、yeah. if you watch the European leagues.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, a lo- quite a lot of、uh, the best players are concentrated in a few teams that often win, and that's what makes it interesting and fun, especially if you like the underdogs <laughs> or or sometimes cheering on the the underdogs. Yeah, is seeing other countries perform.、Um, And then seeing how you know some country,、uh, some teams come together without having a top player, yeah, and、right. still perform great. And then others have a top player and still don't perform great. So that's I think that's what makes it really interesting at the World Cup and, and these kinds. Yeah, of like with、nations. those tournaments, I'm always impressed by the players who, 
it kind of sounds vaguely disrespectful for the players who are like I'd never heard of before, never mm. seen before, who turn up and do really well. Like um, Spinazzola for Italy in the Euros. Um, I watched the African Cup of Nations. Aaron Bupenza had to step in when uh, Aubameyang couldn't play for his country. I'd never even heard of Bupenza before, and he played a fantastic tournament. Um, I mean, that's kind of uh, what always comes out after a World Cup or a yeah. Euro, right? It's the names that exactly yeah. who suddenly get contracts mm-hmm. with the top teams, and because they suddenly perform so well uh, on 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 the uh, international stage, mm-hmm. uh, and others that you know we always put so much pressure on them, we expect them to perform great, yeah. and then afterwards they mm-hmm. kind of pan out. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but also a quick thing I want to mention, going back to what you were saying about uh, Wales and Poland, mm-hmm. we're in this pretty interesting situation with this World Cup because for Lewandowski, uh, for Bale, and also mentioning for go to Portugal for Ronaldo, yeah. this is going to be their last World mm-hmm. Cup. So you have three top players who will all be basically wanting to give it their all. But I think, well, that's also, that's also one I hadn't considered. But the reason why I think it's pretty interesting is because this one is taking place halfway through a season, mm-hmm. how is that going to affect their mm-hmm. club form? Because you have, say, for example, um, Gareth Bale. He doesn't really play much. Mm-hmm. There's a rumor going around that he is going to sign for a lower league Welsh team, like a Cardiff City or something. Mm-hmm. So what he can do is play competitive games, but not too high a level so he can stay fit not really get injured and stay in shape to get to the World Cup and make sure he's there with someone like say Ronaldo or Lewandowski what will they be doing for their, for their teams let's say they're still at Bayern and Manchester United they are unlikely to be going at full force for half a season if they know okay if I really give it my all and I'm 36-37 I might risk a hamstring tear I might risk a bad tackle or something so I'm really interested to see how the position of this World Cup affects how these big players play. And yes. and that's yeah, that's a good point because also you know the level of fitness. Mm. If you've got some of the the younger players who maybe can't afford to you know if if, if they're on their way, way out they can maybe sort of step down into yeah. another league. But some of the younger players are still on on their way up and need to perform well mm. with their club. Yeah. But also obviously want to perform well with uh, with their country. Very true. That's going to be an interesting uh, yeah. balancing game, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Bundesliga has a winter break. Lewandowski has been playing in Germany for over a decade. His body probably already adapted to winter break. It's like now it's time for a break to slow down and I need to rest. But in Premier League, there's no winter break. Instead, there's the Christmas Day schedule, which is actually more intense competitions. So how are these top players going to adapt to the change to the World Cup in winter? I mean, that, that's the thing which I hadn't even considered with the stuff with the winter breaks. Because, for example, let's say you are a Bundesliga player. Mm-hmm. You're used to that gap. If you don't get it and you're playing consistently because then you have to go to a tournament, you're not going to be used to that. And it'll probably affect you in the second half of the season. Whereas if you're in the Premier League, you're used to going right the way through. So it is, again, it's one of those very interesting factors that... Yeah, right. It's one of those very interesting factors never really considered. Uh, I wasn't looking into it, actually, but is the uh, English Premier League starting earlier to have a long break for that? Or how is it? What's what's happening? That's actually a really good point, because all the the talk I've seen is just about how they're going to fit it in, not Mm. the actual logistics of it. Because it's still a whole month. Right, yeah. So yeah. it's it's not that easy to. I mean, even if you have a a, a winter break that's already built into the season, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they have this break yeah. is because yeah. they need a break. Mm-hmm. And if you suddenly fill it with high level games, yeah. 
then they don't have that break. So do you add that afterwards or do you like, do you push it back? Do you push it forward? And then if you don't have the yeah. break, uh, that's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, it's a big it's thing. Coming yeah. up Pretty soon, soon. Because, yeah. you know, this is the present season is finishing now. Yeah. They're going to have, if they want to move it up, they will have to start in July. Like mm-hmm. English Premier League, they usually yeah. start in, in August. Yeah, if they August, have to yeah. like start it in July, that means a shorter summer break. Yeah. There's a lot of planning that they should yeah. be looking they into. Should start so for newbies like Canada, which has missed away from the World Cup for 36 years, do they enjoy something we call the rookie halo? Would, will Canada be a surprising dark horse so i get the feeling that it's it's gonna be you know on one hand with these teams who haven't been in for a while there's always a, this feeling of like well they're happy to be here mm-hmm. but you are right because i think a lot of times that thing you're describing is more a case of well the players aren't so famous the teams aren't really well known there's an element of surprise that can carry them through some of the earlier games so i i do think they are likely to have if not some kind of advantage Basically, they've got a free hit at this tournament. I would not be surprised if they get themselves to at least the knockouts. But that was another thing that we were talking about earlier is that we've seen that in the past also with teams that are already kind of surprised to already Mm. make it to the World Cup. And then by the time, and then afterwards, their main aim is let's try and win our our first games. Let's try to make it through the knockout stages. And then suddenly they get through that. And then they sort of crumble because they realize, oh, we're already farther than we ever expected to yeah, go. Right. And then that might also be the. Th- so I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, I would love to see Canada go, go yeah. farther because it's always interesting to see a different country. You know, mix it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and but and also going back to what you were saying about this being the a Winter World Cup, but in Qatar. Mm. So all of Canada's games when they were played at home, it was outside in the winter. Yeah. I believe it was against the U.S. A U.S. player had to come off with frostbite. So they were basically gaming this advantage of their home being so cold that the teams from further south, be it Mexico, Honduras, whatever, couldn't cope. Now that's swapped over completely to a desert climate, I wonder if that's going to have an impact. Well, it depends how strong the air conditioning is yeah. in, the, in the stadium. Yeah. That, that's true because they've been talking about that system since the games were awarded. They're gonna there's gonna be like in stadium air conditioning. What is a cloud seeding to make sure there's coverage? So yeah, I wonder almost if. Perhaps when they're in the stadium, it'll be negated because they'll mm. be trying to climate control everything to a normal temperature. Yeah. Mm. Usually, if you're playing under hot, suffering weather, it's in the advantage of South American teams like Brazil and Argentina. It has been such a long time since a non-European team won the World Cup. Would that change? <laughs> yeah. I don't really know if that's going to make a difference. What I do know is that there has definitely been this motion from FIFA lately to try and get them more integrated. Like, a game that they're bringing up, which now seems completely pointless, I believe they call it the Finalissimo, Uh, which is going to be the European champions versus the South American champions. So that's Argentina versus Italy. And there's also been talk of um, the way UEFA have the Nations League. It's never been specified. Like, it's not called the Euro League or something. It's Mm -hmm. Nations League. And there's already been talks of adding Brazil and Argentina to that. So I wonder if this this, this, this idea of there's a lineage here, there's a history here, but they're not competing at the same level. And to get them into that, they have to be playing the European teams more often. 
I mean, it's it's tricky, right? Because the whole point of a World Cup is to have world. the world mm-hmm. take yeah. part, right? And and that means also having countries that wouldn't usually have a chance to yeah. compete at this level to also get some attention. Because obviously, we know you know the top players will always be watched in their mm-hmm. top. Uh, clubs. Yeah. So if you start doing the same thing with countries, where you have you know just the top countries performing. Yeah. Uh, and again, we've you know we have been surprised in the past where we have seen some countries suddenly come up and like at least make it, make it to the quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, you know, even uh, was it Croatia? Croatia. Maybe. Croatia. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. so if you only have the top countries performing and participating, then you're not going to have this and you're never going to encourage other teams to try and aspire to that right. and, and, and grow. So afterwards, I think you end up having just this two-tier system where they keep start moving apart from yeah. from each other and there'll be an even bigger gulf between the absolute top ones and yeah. then the, the, I guess, minions, if you yeah, want to say. Yeah, right. Because the, the one thing that I think should happen is they're expanding the the, the amount of teams but i would prefer it if there was parity in the amount of places so because at the moment i want to say it's like uefa get double the blocks of mm. uh, africa or things like asia so i would much prefer if yes they expand it but in that case okay go confederation by confederation and just give everyone like five teams yeah and that way you're guaranteed to get more of a mix you know that's true one of the champion teams which won a title four times italy Miss this World Cup, and it was the second time in a row. How did that happen? They just won the Euros. I that is one of those things where you, I just really can't figure it out because it's one thing for teams to basically, you know, you can't be the best all the time. But there's kind of like a range to mm-hmm. it. But to go from winning the Euros to getting knocked up by North Macedonia, yeah, go from, you know. You've you basically it's if you look at the tournament it's did not qualify one did not qualify, that is remarkable in a way that like I are they collecting strength? Yeah, I I really don't know how to figure it out because yeah because because thing it isn't even like oh they didn't make it because they got knocked out by Spain and the qualifiers mm. it was like a real struggle against like real minnow teams and, like Simpson was saying and if you look at um you know after they won the Euro last year. Mm-hmm. All the games they've played since, they won against Lithuania, but they drew against, you know, Northern Ireland, twice against Switzerland, uh, against Bulgaria, and then lost to North Macedonia. So like you said, not the top performing teams. And you would think that, you know, you're coming straight out of the European Championship as the winner. You would be on a high. You would be performing at that level. And then you don't. Yeah, And it's it's the same team. It's not like suddenly, you know, they all retired and all suddenly... Yeah, and and even then when you say it's the same team, it isn't like, oh, it's the same team from a decade ago, so Mm. they're all old and broken down. This is like a year, yeah. not even a whole not calendar even, year later. Not even, yeah, like right? it was last summer. And it's, yeah. there wasn't even the two-year break usually no. between European yeah. Championship and World Cup. This so, is it's, like... so that's the thing. The more we talk about it, like the <laughs> less I can believe it. It's it's a really bizarre situation. Like I believe I was listening to a podcast. They now have the same um, World Cup record going back for the from 2006 when they won it. To, they have the same record as Honduras, which is you don't get the group stage, don't make it, don't make it. And it's like, oh, gosh. Th- that's it. When you start putting these things together and these comparisons, it really boggles the mind. It's still very confusing. Okay, so now I know it's still too early to make any predictions, but which teams to you 
personally will appear in the final at Qatar 2022. <laughs> I mean, I have. To, it sounds very. Not necessarily have to objective because yeah, it is very subjective. But even then, I really feel like I would be lying if I thought the final would be. Like I think it has to be England versus someone based on the form they're on like and as things Euros. are progressing. Yeah, because the Euros form was fantastic. You can't really judge too much by friendlies, but a thing that has been really clear to me, particularly as an England fan, is we had this golden generation. Because as I was as I was like coming, getting older, I guess, like really paying attention to football, the generation that was considered like you know Gaza, Gary Lineker, um, Stuart Pearce, players mm-hmm. like that, they were on the way out. And they were always considered like they came so close, but now we have the golden generation, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, David Beckham, Wayne Rooney, and they were so bad. Because the thing is with them is when you watch them play, be it a competitive game, a friendly, you could tell they didn't like each other. And it's all come out afterwards that, you know, the Manchester teams wouldn't pass the London team players and things like that. So for a long time, it was like, okay, we have the biggest quote-unquote stars but probably the worst quote-unquote team Mm -hmm. watching these guys play together and how much there's like camaraderie and things and then for that to actually pay off immediately under manager Gareth Southgate I think it's a really good sign going forward so I would be you know it it sounds quite egotistical but I really would consider it a disappointment if we didn't make it to the final Mm -hmm. I am going to stay very neutral (laughs) and I well the thing is I would love to be surprised. You yeah. know, I, I would love for it to not be one of the, the usual favorites, mm, yeah. you know, the usual sort of European top mm-hmm. uh, countries. Um, and yeah, no, I, w- I, w- I would love, uh, I'm keeping an open mind. Yeah. Um, because uh, it's also more fun that way mm-hmm. uh, until, you know, you get to, to the further stages um, and to just sort of, then you can appreciate it more rather yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, right. if you if you're really gunning for one country then you end up being a little bit uh, you have your blinders on and that's yeah. all you see uh, and so I'm the, usually at least for the knockout stages I like to just sort of be open and like support several con- uh, several yeah. different countries and, yeah, and then afterwards yeah exactly and then and you're often surprised actually you know you end up supporting teams that you never thought you would support before yeah. just because you see them perform and they're just so much fun to watch mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah to me personally I really want a change a difference that means I do want to see Argentina and Brazil in the final but again when your best player is practicing drunk there's really no reason for you to go to the final. When your best player is getting booed at a club, it's hard to assume that you will be in the final. So I agree that I think England will be one of the teams that make the final. For the other one, I prefer to see Portugal because it's also the last World Cup for Cristiano Ronaldo. And the World Cup is a tournament. Unlike a league, it's not that long. Anything can happen in the tournament. So all you need is your best player who can score goals out of nothing. And then he can help you reach the final or win the title. He's your guy. So that's why I think England and Portugal are going to meet in the final. I think that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. Speak to you soon. Bye.